Agotavach. And uh, welcome to, I think we're heading into our third week of 30 Letters in 30 Days. Baruch Hashem, today was Reish Chedesh. Reish Chedesh Nissen. Don't forget the Nasi. Um, and that means that we are 11 days from Yud Aleph Nissen. So uh, I want to encourage everybody who's been enjoying 30 Letters in 30 Days, whether you were with us from the very first year or you joined somewhere along the way, let's uh, try to add in the Pearsome publicizing and letting people know about this incredible hachana. If you're enjoying this, if this has meant something to you, please tell your friends. Uh, let them know about what we're doing. And uh, it's a good time now. It's Rosh Chedesh Nissen. It's a good, uh, good time to push. All right. Let's look at tonight's letter. Letter number 21. Baruch Hashem Yud Aleph Shvat Tovshin Tesvav Brooklyn Shalom Uvracha, the eleventh day of Shvat. The last letter we read was from Yud Shvat the previous day. This is now the day after Yud Shvat. Shalom Uvracha, meaning the Rebbe is writing to a man. And from the context of the letter, it seems that this uh, this is a chassid who is giving classes. I don't know if this is a shliach or if this is an askan or somebody who works at a yeshiva. It's it's really not 100% clear, but it seems that this person is, uh, well, it's pretty clear they're teaching chassidus, as will be evident from the letter. And uh, that's about what I can surmise. La'achre shisikose hachi I'm going to just silence that. After a very long silence. See, we've had this before where the Rebbe is mentioning to people that uh, he has not heard from them in a long time and wondering what is up with that. Why the silence? Why is it taking you so long to write to me? Now, We've had this before where the Rebbe says you need to write more often. Tonight's letter, actually, and I want to warn everybody, is a little bit intense as far as one of the implications of not writing often enough. And I'm going to give you fair warning that it, could, it can read a bit harsh and maybe even a little bit scary. But we're going to read through it. We're going to talk about it. And uh, it's going to be okay. Let's, let's find out. The, the truth can't hurt us. So let's, let's find out the implications of not writing very often. We've seen that I've been mentioned to people that haven't written for a while. Tonight is going to reveal a new insight into that. Okay. Hine seif seif niskabo mechtove 31.1. I'm assuming that Ebbe used that way of referring to the date, meaning January 31st. I'm assuming because that's the way the person dated their letter, um, because you don't find this very often in 
the Rebbe's letters that the, I mean, in the Rebbe's Hebrew letters or Yiddish letters, that the Rebbe should even mention an English date, let alone use that as the way of referring to a letter. So I'm assuming that's the way that the person dated his letter. So at any rate, after a long silence, I finally got your letter. Seif Seif means like, finally, at long last, I got your letter from January 31st. Certainly, it has been um, publicized, it is well known, meaning it's not a secret thing, that which my father-in-law, whose yard site was just yesterday, has said. So the Rebbe is saying, you haven't heard from you a long time, I finally got your letter, and I want to mention something to you that I, I'm sure is not the first time you've heard. That's why I'm assuming this is a chassid. Um, in addition to the fact the person is teaching chassidus is evident from, from the rest of the letter, but the Rebbe is saying, I'm sure you've heard, because all the chassidim have heard, this thing that my father-in-law used to say. And what is that? Bahanegeya tzutzar chassidim. About those people who are called tzar chassidim. Here the Rebbe calls it Tsar Chsidim. In other places it's called Tsaris Chsidim, the plural. Tsar means problems, pain, grief. Tsaris is just the plural of that. Sometimes we say it, we slur it, and we say it fast. Tsaris, or some people's accent, even Tsuris. But you say Tsaris Chsidim. Tsaris Chsidim literally means those Chsidim who have problems. Well, we all have problems. <laughs> so who is that describing? Let's find out. Who are these tsaris or tsar chsidim? Ubeir es dvarev, he explained, meaning the Friedrich Rebbe explained his words. Shiyeshnum ke'elu, there are such people. Shaboyim biksuvim, who write to the Rebbe, who correspond. Only may the merciful one protect us. Kasher eira is a tsar v'agmas nefesh chas v'shalom. When they have some pain or some aggravation. Adkan l'shene, that's the end of the quote. There's a letter. There are many uh, places where the Friedrich refers to Tzadus Chassidim, but there's one letter that I saw recently where um, the Friedrich is writing to somebody who wrote to him about some problems, and the Friedrich says, you know, I'm sure you've heard what I've said before about Tzadus Chassidim. And, uh, you know, the people who I only hear from them when they want something. I only hear from them when they have a problem. And, which is okay, that's part of the Rebbe Chassid relationship, but I only hear from them then. And they have to realize that the main aspect of the Chassid-Rebbe relationship is that the Chassid is doing the things that a Chassid is supposed to do. So to them, when do they think of the Rebbe? When they have a problem. But I want them to think of the Rebbe. This is the letter from the Friedrich Rebbe I saw, where he's saying, I want them to think of the Rebbe when they have to think about their duties, about their side of the relationship, meaning learning chassidus and following chassidish customs and practices. So, in other words, it, it can't just be that you think of the Rebbe when you need something. You have to think about also your side of the relationship. 
that's how I saw the Fidik Rebbe explain it. It seems from this letter, and I don't know if this is the Rebbe's Chiddush, or the Rebbe is just explaining it more, but what we're about to see here from the Rebbe is, is, is a whole other level of this idea. Let's, let's look inside. Utmiya, shekinira, it's baffling to me that you would want to be in this category, that you would want to be that kind of a chassid. And that therefore, when they wanted, who's they? You know, they, they say, you know, they. In Yiddish, you would say men, like as mahot gavolt, that when it was wanted, you would say it like in the passive in English, when it was the desirable thing, when it was deemed correct that you should be writing to me to let me know about setting up the shear, the class, the Torah class, it's a, actually it's a class in Chassidus as apparent from the context of the letter. So when it was deemed appropriate can say you want to be spiritual you could say on high you know the in the spiritual courts whatever it is the point is when the time came that it was the right thing for you to let me know about your starting this new class there was no other way to get you to do so Ella, except Shia Inyan Shal Agmas Nefesh, if you would have a problem. Rahmona Litzlan, may the merciful protect us. Ubemela, and therefore, Shaleach Michtov, you sent a, you, because you have a problem, you'll send a letter. Ubemela Gamkain, and then also, meaning like, incidentally, now that you're writing about your problem, may Dialdvar Shiurim, you'll let me know about the new class, or classes, says here plural. What is the Rebbe saying here? The implication is pretty clear. You weren't going to write to me to let me know good news about starting the new class until you had a problem. And then when you had a problem, you also happened to mention, as long as you're writing, that you started a new class. And maybe, just maybe, and we have to be very careful how we're reading this, Maybe, just maybe, if you would have written to me about good news in the first place, you wouldn't have had to write to me about bad news. Now, I am filling in a little bit of the gaps here. It's a, I mean, the Rebbe says it fairly clearly that when, when it was deemed that you should be writing to me about the shear, there was no other way to get you to do so than to have you have some Agmas Nefesh, so therefore... The Agmas Nefesh came about so that you would write and also let me know about the Shia. So the Rebbe is kind of saying it pretty clearly. There are other letters in the Igris. The Rebbe says similar things about Tzadus Chassidim and you weren't going to write to me and, and, I, and I was waiting for good news and now I finally hear the good news but it's only because you're writing to me about the problem. Okay. I want to be very careful that we don't read this and I'll just say it. I'll say the elephant in the room because... Why not? I mean, if, if anyone out there is thinking it, then I think it's more helpful to say it. Maybe someone's hearing this and like, is, 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 is the Rebbe, like, God forbid, is the Rebbe, like, blackmailing this guy? 
like, if you want to have a good life, you better write to me more often. Is that what the Rebbe is saying? Look, I'll say it because if someone out there is thinking it, then better I should say it and talk it through than to let somebody come away with that, that impression. No, God forbid, that's not what the Rebbe is saying. So how do I understand this? What is the Rebbe saying? So let's go further in the letter. And I think the explanation, if, if we take it slowly and we unpack it, it's incredibly um, powerful in its way of conveying the way the world works, the way that our mentality has an influence on the way the world works, um, on how the subjective affects the objective, on the power of positive thinking, on how our accountability to the Rebbe actually makes our life objectively better, and a lot of stuff like that, which I'm just now <laughs> saying a bunch of stuff that's flying in the air. Let's ground it. Let's go back into the text, and I, and I, I hope you're going to see how this is very clear here. Okay, let's, let's look back inside. It would have been so good, and it would be so good. To all, you could read that as all parties involved, or from every angle, or in all aspects of the situation. If Chassidim would just habituate themselves to write to the Rebbe, and to inform the Rebbe, I'll call Inyan Shal Simcha about every good thing. It would be very good if the Chassidim would just make it a habit that they should write to the Rebbe regularly about every happy thing they can report. Okay? Ubemele, and therefore, consequently, Hoyahergal Naiseteva, Habit becomes nature, becomes a second nature. It says that in Tanya, that habit can become nature. Nature is deeper than habit. Nature is innate. It means, it means that's factory default settings that you were born with. Habit is something that you had to accustom yourself to. But after a while, habit can even become like nature. It can become that deeply implanted. So the Rebbe is saying like this. I want you to train yourself. And at first, it's going to be something you have to, you have to do mindfully. You're going to have to do it um, deliberately. It's not natural, and you're going to have to force yourself to do it. But you do it, and you do it, and you do it, and it becomes natural. You know, there's in education, they talk about four stages of learning any skill. That The first level is called unconscious incompetence. The next is called conscious incompetence. Then there's conscious competence. And then finally, there's unconscious competence. So what is that? First level, unconscious incompetence. I don't know how to do the skill, and I don't even realize that, that I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I'm ignorant of my own lack of ability. Okay, that's the first level. I didn't even realize it was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing. Oh, writing to the Rebbe about good things all the time? I didn't even know it. Of course I'm bad at it, because I didn't know it was a thing. Okay, so then you find out it's a thing. So then it becomes conscious incompetence. Now I am aware that I'm bad at something. 
<laughs> okay. So then the next thing is, hopefully right away, is conscious competence. I can do it, but I have to force myself. I have to be conscious of it. If I don't remind myself to do it, I don't do it because it's not natural to me. But then after a while, you do it so often, unconscious competence. You become good at it without even having to think about it because it's just hergel nice teva. The habit becomes natural. It just flows. So the Rebbe is saying like this. It's not natural for you. I know. I know obviously it's not natural for you because you're not doing it. But please tell the chassidim to just get used to doing this and it's going to become a habit for you. Now, watch what happens next. Watch what happens next. You're going to make it habit and then it'll become nature. Shigam bedarke hatava yeh that you're going to see that your nature will become changed along this track that you're going to have more simcha in your life you follow you follow what the Rebbe just said there you know I know people who write a gratitude list. That every morning when they wake up, before they go out into the world, before they start having to process stimuli, they get their brain on track, they write a gratitude list. I'm going to write 20 things that I'm grateful for. What is the Rebbe saying here? The Rebbe is saying, habituate yourself to write to me about good news and you will naturally become a happier, more positive, optimistic person. That's what the Rebbe said, that there will become more simcha in your life. If you follow what the Rebbe said, if it becomes habit to you to write and to report simcha, so you're going to become like a journalist who's always looking for a scoop. You always need to write something. You need to report something. So you're going to be looking for it. Our nature is we always look for problems. <laughs> If you know that you have to write to the Rebbe, whether, whether you're ready to or not, whether you're, you're in the mood to or not, whether you feel like you have what to write or not, but you know you're going to have to write and you're going to have to report good things. So you're going to become trained at spotting all the good things in your life. This is what the Rebbe is saying here. So now we can start to kind of understand what the Rebbe is saying about, I wish you would write more often. It would be good for you. It would be better for your life. You would have less problems in your life. Why? Because the Rebbe is saying, if you know that you have to regularly write to me about good things, you're going to have to become good at, I spy with my little eye, something, something simchadik, something happy, something good news. And you're going to see more of that stuff. <sighs> okay, so this is already worth the price of admission. I'm, I'm a happy guy. I mean, this, this is, you don't get better than this. But you do, because if you keep reading, it does get better than this. This is only subjectively, which is already pretty good. But this is only subjectively, meaning if you're going to train yourself to look for the positive, because you know you have to write good news to the Rebbe all the time, you're going to start seeing more positive stuff, and you're going to be more happy. Okay, but now the Rebbe is going to say that it's going to even make your life better objectively, not just subjectively from your perspective, objectively. It's going to make your life better better from a from a objective stance i don't know other, uh, any other way to say it okay how's that going to happen 
I understand positive thinking, reframing, have a good attitude, look at the bright side, glass half full. But you're going to tell me the glass is actually going to get more full because I see it as half full? Yes. 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 And yes. And yes. Watch this. The ayin gam kein zoyer chelik base kuf pei dalad omad base dibra maschel to chazi. Go look at the zayer, and the Rebbe sends you to the zayer. He says, Ayin, go look at it good. Now, I recognized the zayer when I saw the, the Maramokim. This zayer is, there's a famous sikh about Betochen, about Meish Rabbeinu, about Ochei Neida Hadaver, about Meish Rabbeinu, who got afraid that, uh, that Pare found out that he killed the Ishmitri. An incredible sikh about Trachgut Vetzaingut and the mechanics of that and how it's not just positive thinking, it's not just reframing, but it actually objectively changes the reality. It's what they started uh, calling, I mean, the newfangled way they started talking about it the past 10, 15 years, the, the law of attraction. This is old stuff, by the way. If you really want to know the history of it, it started with the New Thought Movement back in the 1930s. You know, like Napoleon Hill, uh, Think and Grow Rich, that kind of stuff, which I think is one of the best-selling books in English, at least from the 20th century. Probably one of the best-selling books. That was all New Thought Movement stuff. Anyways, those, those, the whole premise of that was about but the idea of thinking actually causes things to change objectively in the universe around you. It's not just that you take it better or you perceive it better, but actually it becomes better because of the way you thought about it. You look in the Zayar over there. So the Zayar says that the way Hashem made the world, there's, <laughs> see, they call it the law of attraction. It's not a law of attraction. It's a law of reciprocity. The Zayar there explains the law of reciprocity. Those are the words that I'm giving to it, but here are the mechanics that the Zayar there explains. That the way that a person subjectively feels about reality as it's being created is going to be mirrored back on high and then mirrored back. So like, boom, 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 right? That's the technical word for it. Boom, boom, boom. And the way that you feel about your life is actually going to change the course of your life. Because when the person is besimcha, they give him more to be besimcha about. The rich get richer. The rich get richer. Not just subjectively that you feel better about what you were going to get anyway, but objectively it increases the happy things that come to you. So the Rebbe says like this, if you are going to know that it's part of your, I was going to say daily routine. I know people who do it daily, but that's too intimidating. <laughs> maybe, maybe even if I say weekly routine, it's too intimidating. But if you know it's your regular routine, I'm going to say regular. You talk to your meshpiyah, if you know it's part of your regular routine, you have to write happy news to the Rebbe. So what's going to happen? you're going to start looking. You're going to constantly on the lookout for happy stuff. When you're constantly on the lookout for happy stuff, you're going to subjectively feel happier because that's your gratitude list, right? Your gratitude list is going to re make you realize how much you have to be grateful for. Ah, but then when you start subjectively feeling better about your life, it's going to rebound up there and it's going to come back down. Law of reciprocity. 
like the Zayar says, and objectively you're going to have more in your life to be happy about. So this is what the Rebbe is saying. It's not blackmail, God forbid, where the Rebbe is saying, you know, if you're not going to write to me, uh, like if you don't forward this chain letter, you know, the last 10 people didn't forward this chain, you know, God forbid. The Rebbe is saying, I'm offering you something that's going to make your life better. So <laughs> please take the... Uh, Take me up on this offer, on, on, on this opportunity. Okay. Um, May it be Hashem's will that you be the emissary, a good emissary, or an emissary of good. It has a double meaning there. To spread this good custom. Not just for yourself. Everyone around you. So the Rebbe is saying, listen, be my messenger. Please tell everyone that this is a good thing. Don't keep this secret to yourself. I don't want this to be a secret. I want everybody to know this. Okay, let's continue. Now, Nasi, I enjoyed. And now, I couldn't help but think when I was reading this letter that if the guy would have written the letter a month earlier, this could have been the entire response. In other words, <laughs> the guy could have written to the Rebbe about starting this year and not mentioning any problems because he didn't yet have the problem, and maybe he wouldn't have had the problem. So this is the way I was looking at it, like, if the guy wrote the letter a month earlier, the Rebbe's response, the whole response could have started with Nanesi. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that you wrote about the Shiurim. In other words, that was the whole reason you needed to write to me, the real reason you needed to write to me, to tell me about the shiurim. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed reading about the shiurim, that you set up the classes. I don't know why we had to go through that whole thing, <laughs> that you had to have problems, that you had to become a tzadus chassid to come and write to me. You know, we could have sidestepped that whole issue. All right. So I enjoyed that you wrote to me about the shiurim. Ubevade mishtadlim kol hamishtatvim and certainly, I'll listen to what the Rebbe says here, and I want everyone here to take this to heart. You're listening to this, you're enjoying this, you like this, this is helping you. Please listen to these words and take them personally. The Rebbe tells the person who's giving this year, I hope that everyone who's taking part in this year is drawing in other people. Kol echad v'echad. Every one of them. In other words, don't say, oh yeah, I think there's someone in this class who's bringing other people. No, everyone in the class, every individual. If you're enjoying this right now, you got to bring people in, who, to this class. I thought about this, whether this was uh, corny, but I think, no, it's actually, um, I think it's sincere and I think it's important. The Rebbe is saying right now, if you're participating in a class, actually, the Rebbe is writing to the guy who's giving the class, so I'm taking it personally, that the guy who's giving the class should make sure that everyone who's taking part of the class should bring in other people to the class. Are you enjoying this? You find this meaningful? This is a nice hachana for Yod Aleph Nissen? Okay. So go take the link. Go up to your browser. You're watching this on some device right now. Go cut and paste that link and send it out as a text, a WhatsApp, an email to five people. Or go put it on a group. Put it on a group, then you could post it once. Go send it to five people and say, right now, I'm enjoying this. 
This has added value to my life. Because I want to tell you something. It's beautiful. The feedback that we've been getting about this hachana is beautiful. Be'echos. But kamos, I'm a little bit frustrated. Be'echos, we got, I'm saying qualitatively, some of the feedback is just, it's just beautiful. What people are writing and how, how much it's enriching their lives and how much meaning they're finding in it. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by it. But bekamos, quantitatively, sorry. I mean, uh, quality is more important than quantity. That's true. But quantity is also good. So I think we need to have some quantitative goals here that everyone who's watching should bring in another person. So however many people, I, I, this sounds very crass to say it like this, but whatever the count was, however many people watched, let's say class one, because most people are going to start from the beginning. I don't know. I don't know. Some people, psychologically, they want to start from class one. Other people will just start from whatever class we're up to today. But if you go look at how many views are on class one, I would hope that we, and I think that we could do it, that by tomorrow we could have that number doubled. And I think we should double it. And I think this is called taking these words to heart. So I've been talking about this for a long time, meaning two minutes, but I've been doing it to give you time to buy time for you to cut and paste that link from your browser and send it to five people. So I think by now you've done it. Okay, so we'll go back to the letter. Uh, it is certainly superfluous for me to mention to you that when you're giving the shear, when you're giving the class, that not only you're explaining what it says on the page, but you're also explaining the arum. That's the Yiddish word for the environment or the background of chassidus and its customs and uh, its guidance for us. In other words, when you're learning, let's say, a mimer or a sicha, there's actually learning the content, what the, the text is teaching. But then, if you, if you, give, a, if you give a class, you've know, you got to give the, the lachluchas, like we call it, the, the, the juice. And the juice is you fill it in with some descriptive stories about the lives of chassidim and day-to-day -day stuff and, like, you know, not just the ideas, the abstractions, or the, the, the mystical concepts that we're learning, but, you know, describe a little bit, stories are very powerful for this, about what, what, what this kind of life looks like on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, in, in real people's lives. So that's important. And by the way, I've been trying very hard to do that in this class, to give a lot of the background and to talk about some of the people involved as much as I can find out and give you stories and fill in the, the historical background for the letters. So that's, you know, I, I, that, that's, a, that's an approach to giving a shear that obviously something that I got from the way that Rebbe told people to give classes. Okay. Uh, Hashem should give you success with your students and those that you influence. Okay, one more paragraph. Regarding your question, he asked a question about tzedakah, about giving meiser. He's taking off a tenth of his earnings to uh, give to tzedakah. The Rebbe mentions parenthetically, by the way, you said meiser, which means a tenth. I hope you're doing a little bit more than a tenth. Like we know, our sages say, not to be overly meticulous. You know, don't... don't uh, 
don't go to the decimal point, you know, round up <laughs> when it comes to uh, Meiser. So the Rebbe says, regarding the Meiser, and it should be just, you know, round up a little bit. The Rebbe says, you can include within that, within the Meiser funds, the tzedakah that you're giving in honor of Yud Shvat, of Purim, of Yud, Yud Beis Tamas. These are various different funds that the Rebbe's office administered. Now with blessings for good news in all of the above, and the Rebbe signs his name. Again, uh, a good week, a good month. Happy uh, Pesach preparations. And uh, let's look for good things to be grateful about. Let's write to the Rebbe more often. And uh, let's bring some more people to this class. Okay.